Hey folks, this is Charlotte Clymer. My pronouns are she, her, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Charlotte's Web Thoughts. This is the audio slash podcast version of the actual Charlotte's Web Thoughts on substack.com. You can go subscribe to that at charlotteclymer.substack.com. It's completely free. All you need is an email. It takes less than five seconds. And it helps me out immensely. So please do go subscribe, charlotteclimber.substack.com. May 9th, 2022. A sun not so different from yours. It was the last day of January in 2011 when a 19-year-old engineering student at the University of Iowa delivered remarks during a public hearing for a state constitutional amendment to ban same-sex marriage that was being considered by the Iowa House Judiciary Committee. Remember, January 2011, so 11 years ago. Within a few months, Gallup would release their first poll showing majority support for same-sex marriage among Americans at 53%, but at the time, the most recent polling stood at 42%. Although for the first time, a 2009 poll commissioned by ABC News and the Washington Post found a plurality of support, there were a number of polls in the following 18 months that found a majority or plurality opposing same-sex marriage. So clearly, the polls were not confident in same-sex marriage. Let's just put it that way. The legalization of same-sex marriage state by state was abysmal. Just five states, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Iowa, Vermont, and New Hampshire, plus D.C., had legalized, and 30 states had passed amendments banning same-sex marriage in some way, shape, or form by January 2011. They would be joined by North Carolina the following year, making 31 states. Remember, California was one of those 31 and arguably had the most painful trajectory, initially banning same-sex marriage in 2000 through voter referendum, seeing that overturned in a 4-3 decision by the state Supreme Court in 2008, and then reinstated by a slim majority of voters less than six months later through the now infamous Proposition 8, which would be then later overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. And by the way, this was more than 15 months out from then-Vice President Joe Biden becoming the first nationally elected official to endorse same-sex marriage. So this is before the the big tipping point. It's it's hard to overstate how recently the entire country was immersed in heated debate over same-sex marriages and how grim the prospects, prospects looked for its realization. For many years, it seemed touch and go over whether the country could really put aside its reinforced ignorance over LGBTQ families. It was into that grim environment that this brave 19-year-old waited. Not the environment of the past several years, not the easy breezy rainbow corporate logos that now pop up every June, not the confident LGBTQ characters and storylines increasingly common now in film and television, not the bursts of greater LGBTQ representation at all levels of elected office. This was America in early 2011, when the tipping point on marriage equality had yet to fully arrive. So Zach Walls, 
the 19-year-old heterosexual son of lesbian mothers who had spent his entire childhood under the cruel microscope of homophobes, who had been bullied in school for many years after talking about his two moms, surprised to learn in an early age that his family was somehow marked different and to many invalid. It was that 19-year-old born into a family that loved him unconditionally and a country that grasped for excuses to hate his family. And well, that Zach Walls had something to say. And so that day before a packed chamber, Zach Walls stood tall and suited behind a lectern, all six feet and five inches of him, left hand in his pocket, and delivered a stunning short speech about his lesbian moms that immediately went viral. You can watch all three minutes of the video uh, by going and looking into the physical blog that I have on uh, Charlotte's Web Thoughts. You can also just Google it, Zach Wall's speech 2011, it'll pop right up. Here's one of the parts that always gets to me. Quote, if I were your son, Mr. Chairman, I believe I'd make you proud. I'm really not so different from any of your children. My family really isn't so different from yours. After all, your family doesn't derive its sense of self-worth from being told by the state, you're married, congratulations. No, the sense of family comes from the commitment we make to each other, close quote. Oof, beautifully said, right? For so many years, <clears throat> social conservatives had run out of breath attempting to convince the country that the children of same-sex couples were at an extreme and harmful disadvantage. And yet, here was this confident and poised 19-year-old Eagle Scout telling them that he was the happy and well-adjusted child of a lesbian marriage. This would have been an incredible speech from even a seasoned, grown adult. But coming from a college sophomore, there was an authenticity a barely veiled pain and frustration, and yes, great pride, that centered his remarks in a way that transcended the national debate over same-sex marriage. Four years later, the Supreme Court would make marriage equality the law of the land, and by then, Walls had published a well-received memoir, spoken at the 2012 Democratic National Convention, fought for the successful repeal of anti-LGBTQ exclusionary policies in the Boy Scouts of America, and would go, would go on to graduate with a bachelor's from the University of Iowa and gain acceptance to Princeton's Master of Public Administration program. On June 5th, 2018, the same day, Walls graduated from Princeton with his MPA and won the Democratic primary in his first bid for the Iowa State Senate, a seat he would win that fall. This was followed by a re-election in 2020 and his Democratic colleagues rallying around him for minority leader shortly thereafter, making him one of the country's youngest state-level legislative captains in recent memory. He turned 30 last July, believe it or not. He's just 30 years old. It's been 11 years since that galvanizing speech, and I continue to be impressed by Iowa State Senator Zach Walls. He doesn't back down from his values, but he also has a knack for building bridges between differing perspectives that otherwise wouldn't have existed. I guess that's my nice way of saying that Senator Walls has the patience to honorably persuade some of the more foolish and stubborn among us an increasingly rare quality in our elected officials. 
on Wednesday evening, that would be this May 11, 2022, I'll be co-hosting a fundraiser here in DC for Senator Walls. And I encourage folks in town to attend and meet this effective and young leader. For those who can't attend and would like to support his reelection, you can make a standalone donation by clicking the link in my blog. Just go to charlotteclimber.substack.com and you'll see it here in the blog I've written about Senator Walls. And by the way, Iowa is one of those states where there's no cap on how much a candidate can receive from an individual donor. So by all means, go nuts and contribute as much as you can. As the resurgence of hateful attacks on civil rights in this country continues to grow, from the impending Supreme Court ruling on Roe v. Wade to the nationwide onslaught against LGBTQ equality, it's more important than ever to have the backs of our political leaders who have fought long in the trenches for our liberation. Zach Wallace has been fighting all his life for people he'll never know. And that's why we need to fight for him. Let's have his back.